hello everybody and welcome to the doomer optimism podcast um i have mash ton timmy here and his friends um who run a brew club and um i think it was a long time ago maybe a year and a half that you wrote this long thread about the brew club and how, how nice it is and it kind of like went mini viral in our little circles um people just really thinking that that's so wholesome um so i i invited the brew club here to talk a little bit about um how their club came to be and um how it works and you know maybe little uh lessons for all of us in just being um a little bit more normal and having fun with our friends yeah. um yeah. so oh. you go you get started and introduce yourselves um yeah, so I'm uh, I, I'm Tim, aka Mashton Timmy on uh, on Twitter. Um, you want to go this way? Yeah, I'm Brian, aka B Sharp. <laughs> yep. So, yep. So Brian was one of the founding members. Uh, Dan, yep, a, aka uh, T Ned. Yep. Triple Triple Ned. <laughs> Does uh, everybody have a nickname? Yeah, we're working I'm on it. So. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. I don't know. Do I introduce myself as Grog? or yeah i think so yeah, yeah. so well uh, i'm joel uh they are sitting in my pole barn right now as i am vacationing in maine in my barn which i can't it's uh nice up here um yeah brian and i we we kind of got a got a start in 2012 <clears throat> doing our first uh all grain so we went all grain kind of all in and you know we start get started uh on a small system we've grown it uh one of the things i want to mention is that the group that's sitting here has not been together for 10 years brian and i have been but uh we've had some guys come and go and i think one of the things that has been the constant is the um the ability for each person to bring their own kind of vibe to the brewery that has uh, really made it what it is, I think. And that's, you know, I think that's, you look at Brian and Dan, for example, as being like our attention to detail brewing brewmasters. Um, I kind of handle fabrication and building of the system. And Tim is, yeah. I'm, yeah, I don't know what what exactly I am. I'm maybe like 100% vibes is, is how I look at it. Everybody, every too. team needs a cheerleader. Yep. He's yep. mashed on Timmy. That's yep. right. Yep. So, so I'm curious, like, it's always funny, like, we wrote a little Twitter thread because, you know, it, it, the the club did kind of make a, a pretty big impact on my life. But I'm always I'm always curious. I'm like, it did resonate with people and I didn't put a lot of effort into it. So what what what? really stuck out to you what because there's got to be guys all over the country brewing beer together just like that so what, what was the thing that that you're like wow this is different or interesting well so i think that probably one of my main things is just like um there are there are a lack of people who do normal things who talk well about it so um <laughs> it's like people who are just being normal like in a way that normally guys get together and um and but then also have the ability to like explain what's good about it, you know, the, and and it just seems mundane to them, so that it's not worth like even saying out loud. Um, but all of us who any any person who's ever had a group of friends knows that feeling, um, and it's just I think it's hard to articulate. So for me, um, a lot of times I'm on Twitter and I say like just be a normal person. Everybody's looking for like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, revolutionize 
uh, social interactions by making like a web three system. And, but you know, like it's always like weird yeah, stuff yeah. and it's never just like, I'm gonna kind of put myself out there, meet some friends and make something together. Um, and so that's what I'm always on about is like, it really isn't rocket science to make friends and to just do stuff like this. Although I do think like younger generations especially don't have the, um, either like confidence or like heuristics they don't even really know how to like start making friends like so it'd be, it'd be interesting to hear how how you all found one another um and like yeah I think just like the history of it would be cool cool so yeah yeah so yeah like what made Joel and Brian were like what made you guys actually want to brew beer in the first place yeah well, I, I remember that I and mean, we got hooked up through our wives actually through a mom's group we both have kids about the same age and we hit it off real quick and started hanging out. And then I just remember one time saying, Joel, I think, I think I'm going to ask for a brew kit for Christmas one year. And he got super excited. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah I used to brew back in the day. It's been like 15 years, but it's so yeah. much fun. Get it. Let's do it. And it, so it just started out a simple little five-gallon brew kit brewing in the kitchen. And then it just kind of ballooned from there. Yeah. So really, it was just it was an excuse to get together, you know, and just kind of grow the friendship. And then we just picked off different people yeah and i would i would add two of the yeah sorry brian but the other two members that of our initial we there was always been four brewers basically four people involved and two of the other individuals that kind of came on were also part of this mom's group and we you know we get together for birthday parties we'd start talking they brian and i were brewing at that point and we uh got to give a shout out to uh the mad scientist that's no longer with us, but this guy, Rob Freebird Farage, he was, he was a, a, a cool dude to be around and uh, brew beer with. And unfortunately he moved away from us. So um, we don't get to that interaction, but it was that, that friendship that came out of, you know, our, our kids and our hanging out with as families and, you know, then deciding that, Hey, we're, we like each other enough to, hang out together without you know without the families maybe so yeah, much yeah. so i think that know. kids thing is is big because I'll, I'll i like to write about that on on twitter as well i just notice that um a lot of young young people don't seem to have a lot of friends and they don't really know how to get started so i'll yeah. say like it's like you know you might be really cool you might have like a lot of cool online friends and stuff and there's this there's this thing like nobody in my town is cool yeah yeah <laughs> like, yeah people say that yeah <laughs> And, uh, yeah, uh, and I remember, I like, a lot of times people, um, I'll push back against, like, I'll be like, you know, just, like, meet people, make friends, and they're like, well, you know, how do I find like-minded people? And it's like, well, not all your friends have to be, like, exactly on your same, I don't know, wavelength on everything. Yeah, whatever thing like, you're on about, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, and I think that's a, that's a, it's a misguided, like, you know, I mean, to some extent, obviously, you can't be friends with people who are like su where, super different from you. And if you're like the only weird person in a town that's, I guess, all different from you, I mean, maybe that would be oppressive. And people have talked about that. But it's also like, you know, part of the fun is being different, you know, yep. and, and being able to make friendships across these differences. Yeah, so it's kind of like a random thing. Like, actually, um, I ended up, I, I was invited over, uh, maybe one of the first times I met Joel, I probably met him some other other places, but Joel does a big apple apple pressing open house in the fall. Oh. Um, and so I got invited over there. So he's got like homemade press that he built. Um, and when you come over, you bring some apples if you got them, and we all press them down and you get to leave with some apple cider. 
Um, and I remember I was like not going through a great time in my life. I didn't feel like being really social. Um, and Joel showed me how to work the uh, press. And I just sat there the rest of the party, just like, okay, I'm just going to like learn how to use this press. And when new people come, I'm going to teach them how to use the press. Um, and I think Joel appreciated that he could be a host and, and do that sort of thing. It's like, if I can't do anything else, I can do some labor here. Yeah. Um, we're on press that whole time. Too. Yeah. I remember that day. <laughs> I like to be useful, right? <laughs> yeah. There, so. And there is something like, I, I actually think like, just to get sociological about it, I do think that there is like, something where if you're making something together the pressure's off a little bit it's not just yeah. about like talking and making sure we all agree like if you're sitting at a bar you're like all right what else are we going to talk about I've got to come up with something whereas if you're doing something and that was a part of your thread um there's like a there's a flow state to it and it's something different in quality than um I think just like sitting at a bar chatting yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, and and I have like that philosophy on parties too. Like, you have a theme. Like, there's got to be something else going on, and that kind of loosens people up. And there, there is something about that um, that's just great. That was a quality that struck out to me. It was like just good to be working with other men, shoulder to shoulder, and to be able to feel useful, even if like the way I'm useful is scooping on a mash ton, right? And it's like it's like the worst job, but it's fun, <laughs> right? It's like it's my thing. I can I can scoop out that mash ton, big pot full of hot grain, and then. Make Make it make it shine at the end of the day yeah um so i think that is a a huge part of it is just work, working with other people and, and and being useful and yeah you don't you, you can focus on other things for sure yeah um, um i love that idea, that concept of a flow to the brew night though because there is so much there's parts of it that feels like all right we got to be on task you know we're working you know to make this a successful brew but then other parts of it we're just we're hanging out you know absolutely yeah yeah there's something to it to uh there's so I'll, I'll describe like roughly like a, a, a brew night. So it lasts from like 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., right? So it's a long night. You got you to gotta strap in for it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like brewing is like chemistry, right? It's not, it's like baking or something. You just have to, if you follow the timings, get your you get your measurements, right? Everything works out, make it, keep everything clean. Everything works out. But if you screw up, if you, if you if you miss something like that, um, then it doesn't go well. And so that's that's a big part is just having different people to 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 uh, to bounce things off, to watch over your shoulder. It's like parody to make sure you're doing it correct. Yep. Um. So so that's a big part of it. But when you screw up too, then you you overcome it. You you try to figure out how we're going to fix this as well too, which which is fun to always try to to figure out between the four of us. Yep. And that's always part of the flow because yes. there's always something yep. that happens. There's something always we're something. We're something we're improving. Yep. That's funny. Yeah. And it's not like, um, I, I'm curious to hear, it's not like it hasn't just become rote now where you're just doing the same thing every time. Like how, how does it differ every time? Well, I would say that one of the things that we've been doing um, as a group, us four, specifically is always trying to um, enhance the process. And it's usually through technology or it's through maybe equipment or um, altering a, a process. I, one of the things that has absolutely revolution, uh, revolutionized our process among many things, but is our kegging, just putting the beer from the fermenter to the um, vessel. This is Dan's realm, even though Tim and I had to do it last time by ourselves. We got it. We figured it out. But the point I wanted, <laughs> the, the point I want, yeah, the point I want to make is that we we add complexity, whether we need it or not, to mm. our processes, and so that always brings in, you know, that that the unknown. And so yeah. if we run up against something, then we're we're immediately having to troubleshoot that. And I think that 
that breaks up maybe that monotony of a, you know, so it's not my mom's bread recipe that I can repeat, repeat, repeat. It's, Mm -hmm. it's something that um, we're trying to scale up at the same time as um, build out enhancing. Yeah. One of the examples I gave was like, that's my perspective. Yeah. Like an example I gave was like when we, when we first started out and things were smaller, you'd clean stuff and like cleaning is a big part of brewing. Like mm-hmm. that's a part no one likes to do. And that's, it's, it's fun with friends, right? Like if you have this big pile of dishes to do, it's not that great. But if you're sitting there with a buddy, it's, it's all of a sudden fun. Right. Yeah. I'm sure I never worked in a restaurant, but I'm sure that's, that's part of the deal being a dishwasher. Right. Um, yeah. There's some camaraderie to this big drudge drudgery type task you have there. So when you, you, we first started to be, you know, you'd take a big pot and you'd carry it out to the, to the driveway and spray it with a hose and then things got bigger and you can't move it anymore. Um, so yeah, there's always some sort of new tweak to the process and, and something that something that can go wrong. Right. Um, and things... do you guys use different um, recipes every time? Like how does the choosing the recipe to get determined? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. Um, we, there's definitely some standbys. So Joel and Joel and Brian have like, there's a few things we do. Let's, what are, what are the staple standbys here? We just talked about what we'd be brewing in September. Yeah. We talked Oktoberfest for September, but we've got a wheat recipe that we've brewed. I mean, shoot probably 10 times now over the past many years. Yeah. Um, so there is that kind of cultural thing of like, yeah, you should have a wheat beer in the summer. You should have an Oktoberfest uh, in October. You know, we did a, we did a, a Christmas ale uh, around the holidays. So we will do that again. And, but a lot of times it's just kind of random, like, you know, we'll, we'll kind of rotate, have some recipe pickers. Now it's just kind of whoever, you know, it's not real formal, whoever, somebody's got an idea of something to brew, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and I what like about, stuff what about naming, um, naming, is there right. any process for naming the beers? That's a great question. <laughs> that usually happens late night. Yeah. <laughs> after you finish the process. And then, uh, yeah, just whatever sounds the funniest is what ends yeah. up happening. You kind of want to wait for like, you know, you're kind of like waiting for something to happen. Yep. You're waiting for inspiration to strike. And sometimes it does. And sometimes it doesn't. Some beer is just, you know, it's a wheat beer. That's it. Right. But ideally something, something wild happens. that reminds you of the night that uh, you brewed it, or maybe the night that you kegged it, you know, you might have a guest brewer. You might name it after a guest brewer just for fun. You might try to come up with a funny thing. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I learned you can't try that hard. You can't force a name. <laughs> so, okay. I got to hear um, anything that's um, suitable for podcast uh, stories. Um, what, what kind of story, like a, maybe a story that led to a certain name that stands out or um, a night that stands out. Yeah. 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 I can, I can, I can talk about one. So like when we first started, I think my first brew actually, um, the beer just didn't work. It was a brown ale and we had a fermenter and it just got, um, got contaminated somehow. It was plastic. Bacteria was within the fermenter and it just made the whole batch taste. Right. Right. But you still want to have some sort of beer to show to people. Um, so, you know, you'd kind of drink it. It was just like super sour. And I'm like, I wonder if we could just rebrand this as uh, <laughs> uh, prune sour. It's kind of got a prune sort of look. We'll call it a sour. So we'll call it prune sour and we'll try to choke it down and didn't really work. No, um, we all ended up dumping those kegs yep. at some point. Yeah, we all it gave up. It was just like, it. no, this isn't going to happen. Yep. 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 Yeah. And so, uh, and, and now as we rebrewed it, we call it like PSR it's an acronym. It's like prune sours, Re- prune sours revenge is we finally got it right. We've got a stainless steel brewer uh, fermenting uh, vessel that we can't screw up anymore. Uh, what are some other ones? Uh, um, I, I think the one, the one that comes to my mind is the work blast. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. We made a, a smash, which stands for single malt and single hop, uh, single hop. And so the idea of a smash is that like you want to, as brewers, kind of understand what a particular malt tastes like and understand the characters of that and understand the, the the characters of the hops by just doing one hop, not mixing a bunch. So you really say, OK, I understand what Cascade hops taste like or I understand what Citra hops taste like. And um, so, yeah, we uh, um, one kind of cool thing when you brew is you go from your your mash tun. What comes out of the mash tun is called wort. I don't know. One of you guys can probably give a more scientific explanation of what wort is, but super sugary, super sweet um uh kind of kind of uh elixir and it's kind of good so so um it's basically the beer before you introduce yeast which then starts eating that sugar creates the alcohol and carbonation and tastes more like the beer yeah. that you normally drink and so yeah, you're so you're like pulling the the sugar out of the grain right like out of the the barley and wheat okay. yeah exactly yep and so i think i was probably drinking that i was interested like i don't really like I'm not like a crazy beer and I like beer, but that's not the main reason I, I do this. I'm not like tasting, like chasing a taste or something, but I'm curious on how it all works. I'm like, I wonder if people just kind of drink this, uh, uh, this wort, like it's kind of hot. It kind of tastes like a tea. It's sweet. It's, it's kind of good. And I don't know. I think, um, um, I must've been drinking a lot of wort that night, <laughs> night or something. And Joel has a thing where he just like to, to get a rise out of people is by yelling uh, unexpectedly. So he just started just yelling like wart blast, like way too loud. And so we, we branded as kind of that, that beer as kind of like a sports drink that you would drink like a, a wart just smacking you across the head. So that was, was another fun one. But it's funny they ask about names because that's something that's evolved over the years of, of our brew club, because I feel like our names, and Joel back me up on this. They weren't nearly as creative in previous iterations of WTP. Now our names, it's its really a big part of the brew, I feel. Yeah, like. it's its fun to, to think about what we're going to name the beer at the end of the night. Yeah. What happened? So, what was it like before? Like, you were just like, oh, we'll just name it something boring or whatever. It didn't really, it wasn't yeah, like, like wheat or brown <laughs> or, or IPA. IPA. Like super boring. Uh, yeah. yeah. And how, so how did that evolve? Just like uh, over the course of the evenings where things were getting weird and all yeah, terrible. yeah i think yeah i try to brand it that's part of the fun right like like that does seem like the fun part of having having a brewery is you get to come up with a name right and yeah. uh you know we haven't gotten to like labels or anything we don't we just you know when we do beers we just keg them and we take them home we leave some kegs at the brewery but we mostly use our little kegerators to just to go out of little five gallon kegs so we haven't gotten to like the art the art project of uh designing all the labels but i'm looking forward to that That'll be you think fun. you might one day yeah maybe we'll see i mean that was that's another thing of like you know what what are we really going to do with a brewery like we can't really sell it legally now um and so that's that's been a thought of you know should we uh commercialize it to some level just uh not to make money out of it but just so you can interact with the community a little bit more yeah um, we're kind of in rural michigan and um um, just down our little country road here, a little 55 mile per hour country road, paved road, like you see everywhere, you know, there's, there's a couple, uh, you know, you've got your, your farm stands, you've got your people that are running event spaces out of their barns, you've got a little uh, bread, bed and breakfast. So be fun to be able to uh, say, you want some really hyper local beer, we'll, we'll brew uh, a batch for you, right? And you can uh, brand it however you want. So and we've also done some events too. I mean, you know, events yeah. with friends and everything too. Yeah, big, so we, big parties. Yeah. 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 Part different parties. We've got the, you know, a four tap jockey box, um, yeah. which essentially is a, a traveling kegerator. Uh, and so, you know, we'll have 4th of July parties and we'll have, you know, bonfires, you know, just do different things or whatever. And, and to be able to, to bring four different beers to that, that we've brewed and, and yeah. be proud of and everything else is, I mean, that's always fun too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I, I just, I don't know. It just seems to me like there's a, I, I'm, I oftentimes tell people to get involved in some kind of active production. We used to brew beer at home, um, whether, you know, chickens or, or whatever it is. And, you, and weird things happen when you're producing something and it, the, and it's not um, necessarily like the product that you're producing, it's everything else around it. Um, but how you end up there like is up to you. Like you have to make something interesting happen. Um, and I think, I think like there's just a really disempowering message out there. Like your main goal of life should be other things. And uh, there's never really time to do this. Like, I don't know, friendships or bu building something together or like just trying something new. So like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just wondering your thoughts. Like if you're talking to somebody, there's like a lot of I think lonely guys on yep. the internet who are like, I don't even know how to, you know, but I mean, obviously you, you guys said your wives connected you, but like, yep. like what, what is the pitch really? And, and you know, wh why do something like this? Like, what is the point really? You kind of gotta like, you gotta see it to understand it. So part of a brew night is it's a bit of a party too, right? Like there's snacks, <laughs> you know, they're, we're, we're set up there, you know, we're drinking during it. Some brewers will say, no, we don't drink when we're brewing now. Like we'll, uh, we'll have fun. So there's a bit of a, a party thing, but there is, I just, I, there's just something that happens when you're working with other people. I think it was, I think it's like Simon Saris on Twitter, I think is yeah. his name posted something about like the fastest way to build a friendship is to just build something together. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in physical space, that's a little bit different. Like we, you know, a lot, a lot of us work in, you know, kind of the high tech type industries for our day job, IT and stuff like that. And that's a challenge getting a team together, but um, there's something that just feels right when you're doing, doing manual labor together for sure. Um, and I think like the, the, I'm wondering if Joel can talk about like kind of, kind of how he sets up uh, build nights. Cause he does a great job at it. Um, people like I'm not a handy guy. Dan is Brian and I are probably the least handy guys, right? I agree with that. Yep. <laughs> there's there's a bit of a, a thing I noticed with with Joel that I've talked about is like there's something as as a as a guy. It probably happens for women too, but like when your dad asks you to do something, he asks you for a screwdriver, and like you don't know what the screwdriver. It, you know, I don't know what a Phillips head. I'm ten. Is I don't know. I don't know what a Phillips head screwdriver is, and you just can't even get out of your own way. And your dad's completely frustrated because you you're a son and you don't know this simple thing. Um, <laughs> And that's not a vibe that you get when you're when you're working here, right? It's like Joel's a, a fantastic teacher, sets things up, sets people up for success. So I wonder if you can talk about like, you know, that that transition when when we we're all working from home and Joel's out here in the barn and he's looking and it's like, oh, we can make some improvements. And there's something great about just being able to call your buddies up and say, hey, we're doing a build night. We're all, all going to work. Um, so you want to talk a little bit about that, Joel? Yeah, yeah. I think one Tim hit a point. I think things really evolved for the brewery because I'm sitting right where Tim is sitting for the last two years. That has been my office and will be the office for the foreseeable future. As I sat there, it was really nice to be able to get up, look around, see what needed to be done. We were in a, we were in a, um, a scaling up mode anyway um, with the brewery. So I would start to line things up as to what would be next or how would we get through and it just i mean i could do it but it wouldn't nearly be as fun and we weren't brewing either so this was an opportunity i i would have to be honest and say i made excuses up to build things so we could get together and hang out 
right? That's kind of the. <laughs> I, was like time COVID too. Yeah, yeah, and we were so we were, you know, there would be breaks, and we were um, respecting everybody's uh, space at that point for the most part. But um, it was really, um, I, I just have a, I have a personal social need to be filled, and these, you know, it's it's through male friendship and. Um, I think the ideas around scaling up means that I may have the idea, but I may not have the full implementation ability, or there's got to be somebody to sound off and to have a brew club like this is a say, Hey, I want to, it'd be great if we had a new fermenter, or it'd be great if we hooked up a new pump this way and think about those things. So when we got together, it wasn't as if I knew exactly how everything was going to line up. So um, having Tim mentions my patience, my 12 year old would say, no, he does not have the patience, but, um, <laughs> as we're working with these guys, these are, um, we're all kind of building it together and it may be in my space, but that's not how I treat it. That's not how I feel about the space itself. I mean, these guys are sitting in my barn. I'm a thousand miles away, you know, and it, they're, they're very comfortable there. And that's like awesome to me. So having the space, having the, some of the tools and some of the equipment to be able to build out is, and I feel lucky to have it. And I feel lucky that I have people that want to participate with that. So I think getting back to maybe one of your, your points, you were trying, I mean, to give advice, yeah. <laughs> the only thing as far as a friendship for maybe some of the younger men, out there and some of the other um, individuals that are expressing hard hardships of finding male friendship and that sort of thing got lucky. I think that's, that's how I, I mean, I don't have any advice other than the only thing I can say is have kids, have a, you know, start family. I'm, I'm pro family for sure. So I say, you know, that's a, that's an opportunity there, but, um, that, that yeah, pattern think, of like, of getting together to do things toward the goal. I've, I've, I've seen it kind of replicated. Right. So we, you know, there's other, other folks in town, like we put on a big fireworks show, um, and, uh, over 4th of July and every, you know, four weeks before that, we would all, uh, uh, get together and we'd say, oh, we're having a build night and the person's hosting expect expected to organize things, expected to task people up with things, um, and be a good host. Thanks. Dan's doing beer refills for us. Um, and I think so, so that's a big thing, right? So if you got something you want to accomplish, put yourself out there. People are looking to do stuff. Um, and if the result of that is something you can share with your family, right? Like we do a big fireworks show. That's great. Everybody can bring their family and, and be proud that they, they did something and made something happen. Um, and uh, yeah, so that, that's a big thing. Just organizing around doing something takes a pressure off. Like you were saying, it's not about being cool. It's not about, it's not about doing something crazy. It's not about trying to get it, get yourself in a wild situation. It's about trying to, uh, to accomplish something. And I think that's something our friend group does, right. We help each other out. So, um, you know, you hear from other parents or other, other dads, like, you know, you're allowed to just, just disappear for six hours, uh, uh, you know, two Fridays a month. It's like, yeah, but you know, at the same time, when something needs to be done at uh, one of our, our property and we need help, we're all there to help each other. Yeah. Um, so there's this kind of kind of kind of tribe that's built um, where the wives know that, yep, it's not just it's not just me. My wife knows that she can call any of these guys if, if we need help, if we see something going on with our kids in town or, or something like that. So I think that's a, a, a huge point is, is keep your family involved and help each other out in other ways, too. So yeah, next week. 
Tim's dog is uh is, is staying with us for for, for a few days. So oh, you know. Nice. Yep. Yep, yeah. yep. Um. So I gotta hear what um what the wife um thoughts were at the beginning, maybe before you were converted. Uh, they were converted that yeah. this was a good thing. Um, I think <laughs> if Patrick went, I mean, I know that. So my husband's Patrick, and he yeah. he um he goes with his friends every once in a while, and um yeah, it is like a a lift then for me, you know, while he's gone, and then especially if I'm like doing all bedtime by myself, then he yep. gets back at like. 2 a.m. Then he's like tired the next day. Yeah, I think I would be skeptical. You know, like, all right, well, what? You know, make sure this is worth it if you're gonna do that. So I'd be curious to hear the the, the wife. Well, I would say that has definitely evolved as our kids have gotten older. So when we Absolutely. first really got yeah. going with this, I mean, we had you know four year old, two year olds, and they were yeah. getting older. So the start time of a brew night was very different then to compare to what it is now, and we certainly didn't go as late. As we, as we do now back then so that as our kids get older and it's not as big of a deal you know not being there and maybe being a little fuzzy yeah. <laughs> the next morning that's kind of changed but early on yeah we had to pay a little bit more attention to you know so, what we were doing i'll say none of our wives really they don't love it <laughs> right it's never like a on friday night when you come home from work and you're like oh, i'm brewing tonight it's not like great Yay. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but, but I will say my wife does love to drink the beer, so <laughs> so that is a plus. So bringing home a keg and what do you got? Oh, it's an IPA. Excellent. All right, yeah. let's yep. have one of those. So she appreciates that. Yeah, and there have been a couple of requests from our wives as far as you know different styles of beer to to brew as well too. And, and, you know, so we obviously, you know, you know, heed those requests, and so that way we can we can appease the the masses. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely, uh, yeah, something for them. What do you, what do you have to say, Joel? Well, it's interesting because I don't have to go anywhere. And so. (laughs) But you did early on occasionally. I I did. Yep. Early on. Um, I think, uh, we, we certainly, um, had some late nights early on. There's no question about that, but it was always, um, a little bit different, a little bit. It was always a different, it was certainly a different vibe, uh, than we're feeling now, I think um, that's I can make that statement for sure. The the my wife is uh, so this is a podcast. So I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, watch um, it. Watch what you no, say. Yeah, no, no. She, um, I think the thing that she she does see me the next day, you know, and it's a I because I start working. I do a lot of prep work for the brewery, so I'm I'm working either. As you can see from behind the guys there, it's a wood shop, and then the brewery's on the back side of it. Um, and these guys can attest. I know why we're probably not in the brewery right now because I've got it filled with stuff because um, I'm doing some other projects right now. What I tend to do to to answer the question about that is I I tend to try and take care of as much during the day, so I'm with my wife and family the night before that doesn't always work out the best, but, um, right. The night before to get thing ready and anything I do now that I'm working at home, I can do during the day, during little breaks at work, I can start to heat the water, do some things, but it's really the, um, it's that next day that I'm expected to be (laughs) there and present. Um, that's that's been the hard that's probably been the hardest thing she likes that i don't have to go anywhere and i'm there at that night but i have to be present the next day so um that doesn't always work either so there's 
give and take, but yeah, um, I think that there just, there is something to, um, I think like strengthening at strengthening everybody's families by, you know, we want to keep that in mind, right? Like, so we'll have parties together. It gives, gives people stuff to do. And, um, I think it, 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 it really strengthens everybody's family by, by having all these different people to, to come and do work. And, and we try not to abuse it and, and try to try to make it obvious when we're, we're going to help be helping each other out to, to do something that that's good for the family. But um, sometimes that strength comes a little too strong because my uh, oldest daughter was dating Joel's oldest son for a oh, little really? bit. Yeah, right. so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is that, that does happen. That was fun. Middle school, middle school romance. Oh my God. Group. You know what? There's actually yeah. people on Twitter who talk about this, like not obviously not arranged marriages, but your families are picking the families you want to be around so that your kids like, you know, are around each other. And then, you yep. know, it's, it's makes it a little easier mm-hmm. if you like the, if you like the parents and the family already. Well, that's a good point, too, because all of our wives, they all get along. They're all friends. So I wonder how different it would be if, if they didn't know each other. And if we were just, you know, that's, coming yeah, into this, that, our wives didn't know each other. Our kids didn't know each other. So it's, yeah. you know, it's a big group. Yeah, that's the local part, I think, is key, right? Like, yeah, we are. We'll see each other at the band concerts. We'll see each other around the schools and keep an eye on everybody. So it's yeah, it's we all live, good. what, five, ten minutes from each other? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Right. So but to go you... back to one of your original questions or a, a few questions ago, you know, what would you recommend, you know, to younger guys that are trying to form something? We've I don't think we intentionally try to do this, but we've got this balance where we take the brew club very seriously. Mm-hmm. But if we encounter problems or we screw something up, no one gets stressed out about it. No one gets too worked up. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And I think it's that balance of being passionate about it, but it's still a hobby and we know it. And it's just, it's fun no matter what. And it's just, it's a great time. And then how can we that for, so it doesn't happen again. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And it seems like, yeah, I I mean, there's like a lot of um, social lessons that come in too, that I think would be great for, for young, young guys. And, and as you know, I think like the family can be really isolating if you don't have friendships outside of it too. And I think a lot of people don't really think what, like what they could even do about that. So are you guys... Um, is where you're from a place where a lot of locals, like people stay, like, did you know each other growing up or like, we just all ended up here from random spots. Okay. Okay. Completely random. Yep. So you wouldn't have necessarily known, just like known each other. Um, you, you met each other moving to where you live. Oh, yep. And it's funny. Yeah. You meet, met each other through, through friends, met each other through business, right? Like, um, Joel and I think maybe, uh, um, uh, met each other a second time we're like hey i know you from just our our, our companies doing business with each other right and right. so that's really cool to be able to mix that right so yeah. we met at exercise class you know the first time yeah brian's mom runs uh is a really sweet lady she runs a uh, exercise class for mostly like retired people um at the school gym in the morning right so and i i started to started to go to that and uh yeah so i met met, met brian so it's completely random so yeah i don't buy the like there's nobody cool around you can't find anybody cool nah. yeah <laughs> no your- I, yeah and then i'm wondering like if you're you're thinking about this a little bit out loud but um like what are some of the larger scale effects like what would how would your lives be different if there wasn't the brew club like what you know does do do you have some sort of um difference in how you all relate to the community obviously your family's connected to one another um are there other outcomes um that you like didn't even really think would happen but have happened as a result of the brew club yeah that's interesting i don't know it's it, 
it's hard to say. I think I, I know that I would not, that this idea of community building, I think is, is really big. And even Joel said he had in his head, this idea of like um, uh, building community was important to him. Like there's this, there's this urge, this instinct deep down that you want to relate to people, yeah. not just like, you know, your friend from college or your, uh, your, your buddy from work, but like you, you want to, if you can integrate your life where my, my business life, my work, my work life, my uh, family life and my friends, you know, and your friendships are all integrated. It just makes all those things more rich. I think yeah. um, it's a huge thing for me. Anyone else? Yeah. yeah I, it's funny. You, you, you ask how we get together or how we got together though. Do we know each other? Or are we from you know, the same town? I have a, I have a very similar group of friends that I grew up with. I mean, known, for since a couple relatives, a couple cousins. And um, we have a annual trip we take. Um, do it, have been doing it for since we were adults. So just as a way to reconnect. And I don't see most of them at all the whole year long. Then we get on this trip and we do this. And that was clearly not enough for me. I mean, if I had been living in the town I grew up with, they were there. They were still there. So I would have that still. But um, I building a community around things is it's well, we have a brewery amongst us for Tim and I are working on a sawmill and oh. getting a sawmill together. And I have a brewery where I learned a lot of my brewery. Um, uh, I wouldn't call it a brewing technique. I would call it the equipment and the facility techniques and the cleaning techniques from a brewer friend who has run a really uh 6, barrel a year brewery and so he and I are quite good friends and it's when I talk about a community and talk about building up it's it's I don't have any money I mean I've got I live, right? I live and I feed my family. Everybody's taken care of there, but it's not like I can just go buy. Can I help him out? Is he going to help me out? And that's, I really am a big proponent of bartering. So I'd like to trade labor as long as I can physically do it. I will trade as much labor as I possibly can for different things. Right. But, right. It, but it's a strong bartering. And I think that builds that community. There's this a reliance that becomes part of, um, you know, you don't want to become too reliant, obviously, on anybody else. But the point is that you you have these either short or longer term reliances that are built up in these acquaintances and um, networks that get built up. And I've I've been extremely fortunate, I feel, on the networks because any one of these guys have their attributes that are um that they bring to the table and i i know who my specialties are right who i can and i'm not you know i don't want to sound like i'm using anybody in this situation because i trade i trade evenly i feel and so that is i've just i've been fortunate with and to get this community around me that is beyond the brew club um yeah, i'd love to, to hear a degree, so yeah, um, but I, I just want to briefly say before one of you uh, goes, the, uh, Joel, it doesn't sound like you're lucky. It sounds like you are intentional 
it seems, sounds like you're a good friend and like you 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 know what you want and you and you and you find a way to um you know make a make a cool experience for people make something people want to be involved in so um i think that's something people can learn from um yeah. who was brian were you going to say something yeah. oh no yeah i was just going to say you know so joel says that he has his you know the, the the three of us provide different levels of of experience and knowledge and everything else too but he can lean on any three of us for something that we might not have any idea on and we're going to figure it out. And that's what I really, really appreciate about the, you know, the four of us, whether it be about brewing or whether it be about anything else yeah. um, too, is, is, you know, we'll get together and we'll build a bridge yeah. or, you know, we'll, I got to hear you know, this bridge story. I've seen this picture. Yeah. This is cool. Yeah, I and I want to hear more about, more about the, the bartering, um, all the different bartering that has come about. That would be. Yeah. Epic. So like I, I've got like a bridge over my property it's over the creek right it's like 40 feet long and it was starting to get rotten right my wife asked she's like this this bridge is rotting out i don't like it can you do something about it um and i don't like i said i'm not a handy guy like i i you know replacing the the boards on a bridge i don't know how to do that um but luckily joel uh um his brother still runs the uh, family farm he grew up on and i know i can go to joel and say hey joel i got to replace the bridge and he, uh, what kind of wood should i use and he just immediately white oak because <laughs> he built a bridge before um, and he makes a phone call to the uh, sawmill guy that's down in his his um, uh, um, hometown where he grew up, and um, can because he enjoys he wants to know a guy who who runs a big sawmill right <laughs> he wants to make that connection, um, and that's a good example of yeah all these guys on all winter of uh, you know I I'd probably procrastinate on this bridge project as soon as it got hard but Joel said no nah, no no we're gonna. Uh, let's four, three, two, one. yeah let's 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 go right like I'm, I'm let's get a trailer we'll drive down to we'll, we'll we'll drive down uh we'll drive an hour we'll go to the sawmill i'll make a call let's get let's let's make it happen and that's like an infectious uh, uh personality of like oh yeah i just gotta take the next step and so you know, all winter was uh just um you know be a saturday morning hungover and like all right let's let's build the bridge let's get everybody out here you know, Dan, let's, Dan will, uh, uh, bring some food. Dan's an amazing uh, cook. So he's going to, I've got short ribs that I cooked last night. I'm going to bring those over and we'll bring all the kids and they'll play. Right. Um, and all of a sudden something that's impossible becomes possible just, just through the friend network. Right. And everybody's happy. I'm, you know, they're happy. I don't know how to build a bridge. I'd like to learn how to build a bridge. So yeah, I can be part of it. Um, and we, we don't have a, we don't have a big, uh, big problem getting, getting friends to, to help on projects like that. Cause you, you know, that, that goes back to the family thing, right? Like, um, you know, my, my wife might not like, uh, if I'm hanging out at, uh, uh, uh Joel's twice, a, twice a month, but at the same time, when I got a problem, I can call Joel up and he's, he's, uh, down the road, comes down the road in five minutes and is, uh, is, is working his butt off and, you know, everybody can see that. So I think that's a huge part of, of, uh, um, having these friendships and balancing it out, right. Helping each other out whenever you can. So. Um, do you guys have anyone else like besides you four? Is it is there any like are there are there other guys you're meeting who are like either interested and or like get involved in the other bartering stuff? Like are is there ever yeah. like a like no if we add more people it'll like change the vibe or something like yeah that, that is a good that is always a yeah. worry right so like there are times when. Like, and I'm pretty bad about this. Like, I I want to like merge my entire friend group together. I don't want yeah. I'm too lazy. I don't want to have like different friend groups. I want to like get everybody together. Um, but you got to be careful about it. So we will have guest brewers uh that will come out and it's kind of probably a we never really say it, but there's probably a vibe check, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always. 
<laughs> right. I'm yeah, like, I, are they going to get along or not? Right. Well, it's it's like Brian saying to me, I I'm coaching soccer with this guy Dan Neville, and I think he'd make a really great addition to the brewery. Either he's brewed beer, he knows he knows what he's doing. And it's like, I don't know Dan from, uh, maybe I met him at one, I met him at Tim's house, actually. Yeah, when it was uh, a Halloween. Many, yep. Yeah, many, many years before, well, may, a couple years probably before we oh, actually start okay. brewing. And, and okay, well, I'll, we'll, we'll try them, right? We'll see if it works out. And it was, it was that, but what I, what I think this, this larger friend group, Tim references, um, there are several in the larger sphere here that I feel um, very fortunate to have met now um, just because they're cool to hang out with just, uh, you know, more interesting perspectives on life and what they're doing and how they're doing it and very capable. And um, yeah, my friend Andy, worthy of respect. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you yeah. yeah posted photos of uh, like barn building, right? He's kind of a maniac and will like build a barn, a massive barn so that his uh, son can play basketball um, in the wintertime, right? And, uh, you know, and so um, that's that that's a big deal, right? So we go over there uh, in the in the in the wintertime here, we go, go over there once a week, bring bring our kids, we all play basketball. Um, and uh, yeah, same totally same technique right he's got a project he's building a barn right um that kids can play basketball in and so if he needs help uh cleaning stuff up cleaning something up we'll all be there we'll all be willing to work and, and put in the labor because we 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 enjoy it right we uh enjoy the fruits of it so there there's definitely all sorts of characters uh <laughs> around town for sure are there any um are, are there any like stories that have become lore among your group <laughs> It's funny you say that word, Laura. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. There's like a massive there. There's a massive lore library, and I'm trying to think how many are like called the ledger. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll go through a couple of things. So we do this is this is a good, this is a pro tip for for people out there building the club, right? <laughs> so we've got a we've got a, a ledger, right? And so it's a book where uh, every time you have a brew night, you write down what happened. Um, you write down. Uh, you know, what, what improvements did you make since last time? What are you, what are you planning on doing next time? Yep. Got the, got the lore book here. Might draw some pictures in there. There's Joel fell asleep in his hammock, right? Let's, let's put that in there. Right? Cause it's fun to, fun to look, look back on. Um, um, and so there is a lot of, uh, uh, lore building going on. I'm trying to think of, uh, um, good ones to share that would be kind of when Joel uh, lost his phone in the river at your house yeah yeah there I don't know I'm, I'm trying to think if I want to go down that go down that uh uh that alley that much but I mean Joel is a fantastic storyteller that is definitely part oh, of yeah. it he is and, central to many of the stories I feel like yeah yes. he um he had Joel when he was got out of uh high school went up and uh uh, became a fisherman in Alaska right that's the type of guy he is <laughs> so he's got he's got a barrel of them um uh, of of stories that, that go along with it for sure um yeah i'm trying to think of a, a, a like a brew story that would yeah and do Good you question. guys do you well, guys well sorry you guys go ahead i was just gonna ask go ahead, joel. Uh, what joel do you have do you have a story i'm being a bit cautious but i tell you you know every i don't know Ashley, if you've had, you have children? Yeah, three girls. Okay. So you know how 
things are at the very beginning. So Brian and I, our first grain brewery, our first all grain um, beer batch that we did was, <laughs> I think, like five days before my youngest was born. Uh. So my wife's, and she wasn't happy that I scheduled a brew night, but it was, she was due later, but it turns out it was only a few days later that she, he was born. Um, and, you know, you, we've got a, we've got a three-year-old and we've got this newborn at home. I've got this batch of beer that she's still upset about that I brewed and just out, out of exhaustion, tiredness, rage, all these emotions mixed up. It came to the point where I said, fine, I'm not going to brew anymore. I'm done. I won't brew anymore. And I dumped five gallons of beer down the drain. In effect, you know, it's like this thing that haunts me to this day. And Brian, I was over at his house just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, a couple and weeks. He, pull, he pulls out this beer that was that batch of beer. So I <laughs> got to, we, we drank this 10, uh, 12 year old. No, I mean, sorry, he's not. Uh, 10 year old beer. Uh, beer that was absolutely delicious still. It was oh amazing. You get it, ah. a little bit, a little bit off, but oh, yeah. you know, I think when I, I always look at that doesn't happen anymore where we've got things under control and my wife and family are much more balanced now, I would say from that perspective, but I always think about as that being my most traumatic brewing um, episode, you know, yeah. as we, you know, Before in my mind, that, yeah, that's lore in my mind yeah. um, because that won't ever happen again. Knock yeah. on my plastic table never here. Forget but. When Joel told me about that, he it was like this mix of anxiousness and embarrassment. When you told I, oh, me I was so yeah. Five gallons. It was looking back on it, and it was instantly funny. But looking back, <laughs> it was even more funny. Just just hilarious. So. It's a great story. I mean that that classifies as lore. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Um, my, when my, um, first was due, Patrick, my husband was brewing, um, the day that she, the night she came. Um, <laughs> so he like came home at, I don't know, um, like 11, not even super late or anything, but my labor started at like 1130 PM. And I was just like, he was like, all right, uh, we're, we're going now. <laughs> and I think they named that it was a blonde baby blonde. Um, so yeah, that was good. I mean, I think it's, he just, needed, he just needed some inspiration for a name yeah, yeah, yeah exactly exactly and i was like yeah and he wasn't he didn't drink a ton or anything that night but he was drinking and i'm like okay so then the, the following kids i was like the weeks leading up to the due date just don't drink please because if you're like gonna be tired for the labor that would suck um yeah that's funny okay um what else, like, are there any other, like, weird specifics that have come out of your group, like, weird cultural things? Um, I brought up, you guys brought up the ledger. Is there anything else, like, yeah. weird that happened, that, like, just emerged from all of your personalities? Oh, yeah, I, I want to bring up one thing. So, Brian and I usually, you know, we, we always provide snacks when we come. <laughs> yes. And so, one thing that Brian and I have is we have this, this, this uh, running tally where we do not bring the same snacks. We don't communicate with each other beforehand. But we have to make sure that we do not bring the same snacks. Yeah, and we have a running tally of of it's almost like ninety eight percent of the time. At least. We always, yeah, we always bring 
different snacks. Yeah, stopping at the same gas station. No, no, no different gas right, station. Maybe it's that's not as impressive. Case. That's the yeah. <laughs> But only yeah. one time we yeah. have brought the yeah. same snack. Yeah. yeah. Other and it was a, a very sad day. Yeah. It was. Other uh, innovations are like a chalkboard. That was. Oh, yeah. I was like yeah. way more pumped than anybody should be to have a chalkboard, but. Uh, I don't know who who came up with the idea, but just to hang a chalkboard up where we could kind of put down our timings, write down our to-do list was like a game changer. Like this is the dumbest thing, a chalkboard, who cares about that? But having a dashboard up that you could write on is just- No, 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 you were properly pumped about that because we always used to, on the brewing process, we always worked off of just a single sheet of paper. And that was- Mostly analog. Yeah, exactly. Just wrote down the recipe, wrote down the process and everything. And then we just converted that to a big chalkboard that hangs over everything. And it's just, it's so much better yeah. now. It's a great improvement. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can imagine just picking that paper up or where's the paper. And then it's like getting wet <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Well, yeah. you have your chalkboard. It's something to look at for the remaining two weeks until you get together again. You can remember, okay, when did we brew it? What was that recipe? What, what's a, what's on my to-do list? Uh, that sort of thing. And usually before we start brewing the next batch, we'll always take a picture of the chalkboard. Yeah. So we have record of it. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. I like that. I've seen a couple of Tim's pictures of the chalkboard on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, that's become a tradition on Brew Night. I'll post uh, post what's going on, and you know, I'm a little self conscious about that. There is a kind of a kind of a different topic, but that is kind of a a funny thing on on Twitter. Like, I don't really want to be an influencer, right? Like, I don't really want to like post my lifestyle. There's something kind of lame about it. But yeah. obviously connected with people and I like to share it too. <laughs> so yeah, I know. I feel that sure tension the too. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, I feel that tension too. Cause it's like, um, yeah, I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do. I'm just like telling what my life is like and maybe it's inspiring to people. Um, but yeah, not trying to be like you have to do it my way or anything like that. But yeah, it is it is a little bit of a tension. Um, okay, so speaking of uh being influencers, you're here on this podcast. Um, it's because people are interested in in doing something like this. So I'm curious, maybe we can just go around the room and um, we talked a little bit about advice already, but like, you know, maybe what would you say to your former self or what would you say to somebody, um, you know, what 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 is this thing um, and why get into it? I think for a lot of people, like we have like a very instrumental view of life. Like if I'm not making money from it or something, or if I'm not, you know, what is the outcome that I'm going to get for doing this? And and that your outcomes, like you were saying, Tim, is like, it's hard to know um, unless you experience it. Um, how, like, maybe somebody, um, I don't know, I don't even know, like, how to to suggest something because you actually do have to make it. There's not, like, a way to dip your toe in. It's not like you could go visit, like, an already existing commercial brewery and get a similar vibe or anything like that. Like, you right. really do have to make the thing. There's no, like, um, just signing up. Um, and and showing up like you have to be part of the process so I don't know I'm just curious maybe yeah. as we're wrapping up like what what would be some thoughts as to I don't know how to get the courage to do something like this and and the purpose of of it yeah I mean I don't know I, I guess I'd say like if I, if I if I think of a former self I think many um, people kind of go through this phase where you're trying to figure out what to do with your life right and um, there's kind of like the the uh, this thing where you you eventually decide okay I should have kids right um, and um, once you do that there's like this pressure to kind of just like fo- focus on your family completely which I think is is pretty natural right it's pretty fun when you got when you've got young kids but um, 
put yourself out there, right? Um, and um, don't be afraid to actually um, be authentic with people. Don't worry about what they're going to think um, and be regular about it. So um, having good schedules, like, um, you know, it makes it it makes all the logistics and all like the kind of like petty things that don't really matter that that might prevent you from having a friendship uh, um, easier. So it's like, yep, Tuesday nights, we're hanging out with the friends. Um, so that's a that's a huge thing. Just get a get in a regular habit of it. And um, um, I think it it really pays dividends just for your mental health in general. Um, be authentic about it. Be real. We're always uh, being way more honest than we should be with each other, right? Mm-hmm. There's something special that happens between midnight at 2 a.m., right? <laughs> Where like you can really, really actually talk. Um, and um, I've really come to it, come to appreciate that. So I was talking to a friend from uh, uh, Lithuania that was um, just surprised when he moved here. He's like, I, I don't, in Lithuania, like we talk till 3 a.m. every party. And I don't, I haven't been able to make friends. And I look around in my neighborhood and I see there's no, there's nothing going on. Their lights are off. Nothing's happening. Um, so, you know, if you feel that, that instinct, that, that deep inside you, there should be more, like, you got to go out and do it. You got to make it happen and put yourself out there. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I say Tim kind of t- took the the thought right out of my brain as, as far as put yourself out there. I mean, you know, so I met Tim through, through, uh, you know, wives through Girl Scouts. I met Brian through soccer. I met Joel through these two guys. Yep. You know, if I, if I was an introvert and just wanted to isolate myself to, to home, would I have ever met these guys? Probably not. And, I, and I'm grateful that I did. Yeah. And when you do put yourself out there, find something. And this is along the same lines as what Tim was saying. Something that is somewhat regimented, something where you do something and then you have to do something a couple of weeks later, <laughs> you know, and just that pushing it forward and something you have to keep meeting and doing and that just helps it forward because not everyone is you know so extroverted to where they're going to be reaching out and and doing something all the time and you know that just brings a mix of complex people and, and personalities together and it's it's been Absolutely. great for us yeah. all right joel you want to wrap us up yeah. yeah i i think um a couple pieces there for sure it's not i i'm certainly described never as an introvert i think the things that I look to do, but I always need help. I seem to, you know, I'll do fine. Um, once I have one, two opportunities, I think that's one of the things. So that goes along with putting yourself out there. If the first one doesn't hit, there's going to be another one. If you continue to do that, Mm. the, the other thing is that once you get there, this, this authenticity that Tim talked about, I have to say, that I have appreciated the ability at may not be 2 a.m. because I'm probably in the hammock by then, but <laughs> 1 a.m., 1 a.m., that 12, that witching hour, 12, whatever that is, <laughs> is when, you know, it, it you, you've spent enough of these hours together as um, friends. And I think the authenticity and the honesty is what I appreciate most. I feel like I, you know, half the things that I've divulged to these guys, I don't remember probably, right? <laughs> I have that issue because I, I feel like I get out there a little bit quickly on times, but um, I think that's the biggest, that's the payoff. I mean, you want to be honest, you want to be authentic and it's never easy to do that in all situations. So, I really appreciate 
the fact that we've become such good friends around this thing um, that we all participate in. And that's just what gets us together. Mm, yeah. I think what keeps us together is the personalities and the people that, you know, I've, tr- I've grown to love. Right. So that's so sweet. I love that. I and, and I, you know, the one thing that really stands out to me is I think like a lot of young people there, they build their relationships like uh, on like what's cool or, you know, like the, whatever is the, the newest trend or something like that. And people have a hard time get being sincere with one another, I think, but it's a skill, you know, just being sincere and, and saying what you actually think and actually liking to do something and saying out loud, I actually like this thing as opposed to everything being ironic. And um, yeah, that's like almost like a a act of political resistance in this world, just like finding ways to connect with others, be sincere and like, and making something together as opposed to just consuming, um, you know, like at a bar or something like that, there's something really substantively different there. So um, yeah, this was so good. I um I appreciate your all of your insights. It's really nice to hear your accents. I'm from Chicago, so um, <laughs> no, very yeah. calming to hear the Midwestern. Not Midwest. <laughs> yeah, Midwest is representing. Yeah. Um and yeah, so um any any final thoughts or anything like that? Did we we didn't even say the name of your brew club. I, I don't know if it really matters. Um we can we can put it. Yeah, oh, yeah, you got oh, yeah. it. No, I don't. I, I've I don't know if that is. Watch, watch the pot, right? There you go. So this yep. is WTC. This is a yeah, it's an inside joke that's too long to to explain. But uh, that reminds us that even you know we're we're there, we're having fun. Uh, um, but if you're not actually, you know, reminds us what we're actually there for to brew the beer. So sometimes we can, we can have a little too much fun and that, that pot might boil over and <laughs> put our fire out. So that's yeah. a constant reminder that it's it's about two things. And- well no, said. no matter how long we've been doing it, no matter what's been going on, I think the last batch we had a boil over. It was the first yeah, one really? in a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it happens. Yeah, just a little bit. So it happens. We so all we look gotta... at each other and we point and we say, watch the pot. Well, you weren't you. watching yep. the pot. The name. Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's, good. that's really that's a good sign that you're enjoying each other's company and, and yeah, there's um, so much fun going on. Yeah, <laughs> getting distracted. Um, all right, guys, thank you so much. This well, was thank so you very lovely. much. Um, yeah, we're, thank you, Ashley. Um, I'll, I'll let you all go. I'll see you on, um, on Twitter, yep. Tim. And, uh, yep, yep. and, oh, and Tim sent me one of your beers once. Yep. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. yeah. It's a pandemic pills. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. I assume you're not coming to the States this uh, summer. Not, no, not this summer, maybe in a couple months, but, um, okay. that let was me know, still, let me know when you're in town. <laughs> that was really nice. Thank you. So, cool. so I right. can, I can attest to the quality is very extremely high and I'm a beer snob. So that was, that was <laughs> awesome. lovely. All right. Have a good, good one well, guys. Good. Thank you so much. Yep, thanks. Take care. Right, thank, thank you very you. much. All right. Bye. Bye.